Welcome to the Symbolic Lodge of Conversation, where consciousness and curiosity interweave into discussion. This is All Swear Podcast, and I'm your host, R.L. Franks. Today's guest has been a Mason for over 10 years. He is a veteran, and he is on fire for Masonry. This is the story of my good friend and brother from the 5th Masonic District, the one, the only, Mrs. Spielman's favorite boy, <laughs> Jesse Spielman. Jesse, thank you for being a part of this. I appreciate it, Robbie. I'm very happy to be here. I am so glad to be seeing you here. We've been talking about the opportunities to be able to do an episode together. Get your story out. Why are you fired up for masonry? And speaking of masonry, this is a special week for Ohio Masons because it is Grand Lodge Week where all Masons from all around Ohio come together for our jamboree to talk about legislation, to enjoy fellowship, and to continue on the tradition of new leadership in Ohio. Jesse, how did Mr. Spielman become Brother Spielman? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty long story. Um, you know, it, it goes back to when I, uh, I was growing up in Alaska. You know, I had a I had a best friend. His uh, grandfather unfortunately died, and I was at his house. And he he was like, "Here, Jesse, come here. Check this out." I'm like, "What?" And he was he, he grabbed this little blue book and he opened it up, and it had these funny little symbols and words that didn't look like words. And, and I thought that was the coolest thing. And then he showed me this big like Super Bowl looking ring. It was a it had a square and compass on it. And I was like, "Man, that's so cool." He's like, "Yeah." My grandfather was a Mason. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I want to be a Mason. And he was like, well, you can't. Really? Yeah. He's, he's, How old are you? I was like 13, 14, maybe, maybe a little bit younger. Okay. Uh, I was, oh, it was definitely before high school. So middle school. So like seventh, eighth grade. In Alaska. In Alaska. Okay. So right there, I was kind of, I was kind of shattered. You know, I was pretty disappointed that I couldn't be a Mason. And then I lived across town. And it took me, it was about seven to 10 miles for me to drive to school, which in Anchorage would take a half an hour because of all the traffic. But every day I drove by the Masonic Center uh, in Anchorage and it had this huge square and compass on the front of the building and it had lights behind it. So it was always glowing. So especially in the wintertime, it's always dark there, right? Sure. So it's just illuminating this light and I drove by it. Every day thinking I would never be in that in that building because he you only know, he told me my 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 dad or grandpa had to be at. And then later, uh, at, towards the end of my high school career, I I well, I, fi- I find that one of my teachers, he's a mason. I see this big square and compass on the back of his truck, and I go. He was an ROTC instructor. I was an ROT a junior ROTC growing up, in in the, my high school. And I go first aren't are you a Mason? He's like, yeah, I'm a Mason. I was like, man, that's so cool. I want to be a Mason someday. And he goes, well, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, he, you can't. But he, what he really says, you can't join my fraternity. What do you mean his <clears throat> fraternity? Well, I find out later down the road, uh, later down the road that he was a Prince Hall Mason. Oh, okay. And man, I really wish he would expand it upon that and, you know, say, hey, my particular sect of Mason may not be right for you, but I could set you up with somebody when you become of age. I, I wish he would have done that. 
Yeah, because Prince Hall Masonry is predominantly an African-American sect of the fraternity. It was created by Prince Hall. I've talked to this in the past on the episodes. So it's generally focused in that. Doesn't mean you can't belong to it. It's just it's their culture and that's what they focus on and to promote that fellowment to promote that camaraderie. It's a great organization. I have a lot of great friends who are Prince Halls and both of our Grand Lodge of Ohio and Prince Lodge Grand Grand Lodge of Prince Hall in Ohio, once I get that out, <laughs> we recognize each other and we do a lot of events together and we have correspondence. So I totally understand. He just didn't elaborate right. about the different Grand Lodges, yeah. especially in where was this one at? This was still in Alaska. Alaska? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I graduated high school. Uh, I always knew I was going to be uh, in the military from the time I was six. I can trace back my family's history in America back to the 1650s, Jamestown, Sir Captain Henry Spillman of the British Royal Army coming over. There's actually a picture of him in the Library uh, Congress at Pocahontas' wedding. Oh, no. All the way from that time to now, I'm talking my grandfather was in World War II, Korea, Vietnam. My dad was in Vietnam. My mom served in the military. My... uh, my wife serves in the military. I serve in the military. My son's about to go in the military. So I always knew I was going to join the military. Well, we appreciate your service, definitely, and for the service that your family has contributed to keep us free, keep us safe. Yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> you're welcome. It's it's always weird to say that because, that, you know, most military people, they they, they join to serve. And, and so sometimes that'd be hard, that'd be, it's hard for uh, a service member to kind of hear. We're like, no problem. It's just something that we felt like we needed to do. But while I was in the service, I kept seeing the Masonic emblem all over the place. There's tons of Masons in the military. Well, there's actually lodges at army bases that are called army lodges. And there are members of the fraternity. I believe that still goes on. I've met guys in, from Georgia who were who were in the military. Prince Hall, actually. Um, and yeah, there's actually military lodges that they meet on base and they have a lodge meeting with members. So, absolutely. I want to know because I thought I wasn't able to join, right? Did you ever hear about it, though, when you were... When you were serving? Nobody really... Nobody talked about it. And I I stopped asking questions. Really, I did. And I just went about my my merry way. I continued to to serve my country. And then then I I, I got done doing the active duty stuff and being deployed. And we started to settle down more. And then I I became a, a, a recruiter. And then eventually... I transitioned to the National Guard realm, which is uh, like more part-time being a soldier. And then I met my wife, and she uh, she always told me how cool it was where she grew up. She grew up in Ohio, right? Little town, Eden, Ohio. And I'm like, whatever. How cool can it be? I grew up in Alaska. Well, she brought me down March 2012, and Alaska was going through its worst winter on record. Okay. At that time, I owned a paving company, a paving plowing company. And I was making bank with all the plowing, but it was March, and I still had like six feet of snow in my front yard. I come down here March first, and it's seventy-seven degrees. Yeah, and I'm like, hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. And she's like, no, 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 this isn't normal. I'm like, I don't care if it's normal or not. You got a chance for it to be seventy-seven degrees. Had I known better, I would have bought my fishing pole and done some fishing while I was here. So we made the conscious decision of moving down here. One, because we had some small kids and, 
you know, even living in town, you still had to worry about moose hopping fences and mauling your kids. Bears really? hop, yeah. Those bears could hop right over the. No, sorry, those moose could hop right over those six foot fences all day long. You see them just pop on over like it's nothing. And so, same thing with bear. Even though we lived in the city, still bear would come in there. Um, and Anchorage is a a larger city, kind of like the size of Fort Wayne, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, about 300,000 people. Not a metropolis like uh, like Toledo. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> it's pretty big. Um, so we made the conscious decision to move down here. We actually, her father was sick and we came down to take care of him. And then we eventually, we purchased the house off this state and we started making a life here. And kind of long story short, it was the first year my kids were in, in school. They have what they call a daddy daughter dance. Yeah. And I was still in the military at that time, part-time national guard here in Ohio. I was in my full dress blue military uniform, staff sergeant in the army, and I was with my daughter, and this guy comes up and says, hey, I want to thank you for your service. And I'm like, ah, no problem. You know, like I was saying, it's still kind of weird for me. And I look down, and he's got a lapel pin right here, square and compass. I'm like, hey, are you a mason? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, man, I always wanted to become a Mason. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, really? He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, really? He's like, well, I can help you with that. And And you're how old at this time? I was maybe 20, so 10 years. So I had been about 28, 29, somewhere in there. Um, And then short, about a couple months after that, uh, because it was – yeah, a couple months after that, I got a petition. Our lodge is fairly small, so at that time, it took a little bit of time to stuff to get moving. Yeah. I got a petition. The investigating committee came out. They met with me and my wife. Um, what was your wife's thoughts on the fraternity? Well, she uh, she's done a lot of research on the internet at that oh, time. Oh, boy. And so- Buckle up. You yeah. know, you can trust everything on the internet. I know, right? <laughs> um. But one good thing that I appreciate what uh, Worship Brother Mills did, the the one who initially contacted me, after the petition stuff, he says, I know you want to go on the internet, and I know you want to research it, but I don't want you to ruin any surprise. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff you're going to find is, is bogus, but there's still a lot of credible stuff on there, and I don't want you to ruin the surprise. And I took that to heart. I, I didn't go on. I didn't I didn't try to figure out what was going to happen because sure. I wanted that mystery to to just be unfolded, that path, that mm-hmm. um just that you know involvement. A lot of people, and especially in today's age, you know, if we were going into a forest, one of my good friends, illustrious Mike Lake, uh talks about this forest, right? We're going into the forest of masonry, and everybody wants to sell you a map. Well, this is the most scenic route. This is the quickest way to get through the forest. This is, you know, you're go this you'll go this way to see the mountains of mace of masonry. You know what I mean? You'll, why can't we just enjoy the journey? We don't have to get to the destination. Masonry is a lifelong journey, but we're in a society where there's so much instant gratification. Everything's at my fingertips and I need it now, 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 now. Masonry lets you embark and enjoy the adventure of a lifetime. Absolutely. Where you're going to meet men of all walks of life from all continents of the world. And we all have the singularity that we walk through those 
same Mm -hmm. steps, right? Absolutely. You know, you were a traditional Mason, correct? You were one day. No, I'm. Tr- I was traditional. Yep. So you went through the same steps that I got mm-hmm. to, taking none away thing away from the one day Masons. They're Absolutely. phenomenal. We're all brothers in this fraternity, and you and I got to experience something that so many people before got to experience. You know, the founding fathers, celebrities, countrymen, servicemen, and you, and ladies and gentlemen. What I'm so excited about this guy is he is a serviceman, both in the military, but in his community, in this fraternity. And he has a passion that's infectious. I can't thank you enough for what you do because you get it. You get what brings us all here and what inspires me to tell your Mason, your Masonic story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You and I have had long conversations and we didn't know each other from Adam. No. How do you even remember when we first met? I do actually. Okay. How did we meet? It was, it was just two years ago. Uh-huh. I had just, I just uh, joined the Scottish Rite and it was on the spring. Uh, it was on the spring, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reunion? Reunion. Thank you. The spring reunion in Lima. And that was the first place that I met you. You, I was a candidate That's and right. you were in your full Scottish Rite regalia and you came V-line over to us candidates and you shook our hands. You might as well give us a big pop bear hug while we were at it. I was just, you could tell that this Mason being you just oozed amazingness. Oh, okay, so and, I, and that's I'm, in the dictionary somewhere. Look it up, okay? <laughs> um, and, and from then, you know, because I feed off of people, Robbie. I do. And especially when I get around Masons such as yourself, and I have a, I have a handful of them back in my lodge too, it just motivates me even, even more to do the, as much as I can to help the, br- the brothers of my fraternity, the family members of my fraternity. It motivates me to be- want to become a better Mason because – at the end of the day, I know the more I put in the masonry, not only is it going to help the community around me and the individuals around me, but it's also going to make me a better father. It's going to make me a better husband. It's going to make me a better son. It's going to make me a better citizen of this country. And so everything that I've experienced in masonry has just expanded my mind, my body, and my soul. And I got to tell you, when I first wanted to join Mason, I just thought it was cool. I, I, sure. You know, cool ring, you know, cool little he- emblems on the hats in the back. of. The, but I ended up staying for Masonry because I just gained this huge family. And when we met, I didn't know you from Adam, mm-hmm. but I instantly felt that connection. And then here was a man that was my brother and I can trust him. I could trust them with my kids. I could trust them with my family, and I wouldn't think twice about it. You know, your dedication to providing our fellow members that true Masonic experience, I can't thank you enough, right? By the way, I've interviewed 18 men on a 19 podcast. Me and busy. You guys have been busy. We have been busy. You're the first to be a sitting worshipful master 
in your lodge. And I want to get into what you're talking about, mm-hmm. about has masonry made you a better father, a better member of your community? I also want to talk about what was that experience like going through those degrees and becoming a mm-hmm. master mason and becoming an officer. Sure. So, you know, where, so you go, so you petition this lodge mm-hmm. and then you go through your first degree, you go home, your wife probably has questions for you, she right? She did, and I totally screwed that up, by the way. How so? Well, because when you when you go through, you know, you 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 take an oath or obligation, and and they tell you in the beginning, it's, it's very symbolic, okay? Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, you just took this oath, you put your hand on the Bible, and you don't want to fail. I wasn't sure what I could talk about, or I or what I couldn't talk about. And so, you know, and this is, this is, I don't, I only have a couple regrets in masonry and this is one of them Okay, is when I got home and my wife was very excited, which my wife's name is Jesse Spillman, by the way, <laughs> um, that when she asked, I failed and I failed big time. And I, I told her, I can't talk about it. And that's something that I've changed that as a worshipful master in my lodge, the moment we raise a new brother to the degree of enter apprentice, after everything's said and done, I give a sh- I give a little speech to them. I let them know exactly what they can't talk about. Okay, which is essentially a few the, things. Yeah, yeah the, a few the, the things, things they keep they keep the mystery of our right, fraternity together. Right, but yeah. you can talk about your experiences and how it made you feel, and, yep. and 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 you can, you can talk about a lot of what actually you went through. And I, I let them know that, and I, and, and I want them to learn from my mistakes. And you know, and it's taken, it's taken a, a quite a few years for uh, my wife to kind of come around because I stepped in a big puddle there in, in the very beginning. And so I, I, I definitely want new brothers coming in to learn from my mistakes. Don't repeat what I just I did, and move on because this fraternity, it is a fraternal organization for men, but it. It is, and it can be so much more than just that and incorporating the families. Yep. I a thousand percent believe that. And that's been one of my missions at my particular lodge is to incorporate the families more and make it more of a family ordeal. Obviously, there's things that we have to do just as brothers, but the more the merrier I can get the family, the better. Between the youth organizations, there's co-ed masonry with you, your your wife, uh, people who have significant others. There's a lot of events that bring us all together. Because, yeah, you need your wife or significant others buying into this fraternity. Because it's a part of our life. You know, Doug King was in the chair last week. He talked about, you know, masonry brought a certain status. We have a status in this fraternity. I'm a past, junior past master of my lodge. You're a current sitting master, worshipful. And two time, back three to, time, three time. My apologies. That's right. I had a little space because I went to third shift, and so I was a few years I was away from masonry. But I come back. I'm like, hey guys, I'm ready for lodge. And then, worship master. Yep. And that- it, it was great, and I actually appreciated it because I don't think I got everything I wanted done that first time around. Sure. And I had a second crack at, it, and I'm actually very grateful for it. Yes, it, being an officer is. And becoming a master of lodge, it's that added responsibility. You're the caretaker of this lodge. You have to make sure it runs. Masonry provides leadership opportunities, tools to enhance us out in the community. 
I also take part in an organization called Toastmasters, which helps me public speak and make sure I count my ahs, ums, buts, so's, you knows. But I'd certainly fail at that. <laughs> but masonry provides you great education on how to conduct yourself, how to conduct a meeting, build that confidence in the and I know you've experienced mm-hmm. that in your lodge because man, when you're the worshipful master, you have to conduct that meeting accordingly and make sure your membership is getting taken care of. But mm-hmm. Also focusing on community aspects, education, making sure you're enhancing the ritual for that experience for the candidates coming in. And it's a fun time. It is. And it, you know the biggest flaw that most officers run into? They don't prepare. Mm. They don't put right. something together. How has it been your second time around? And what have you done in your lodge? To enhance it and may enhance your membership, your officer line. Yeah. That's a very that's a very good question. And actually, I draw a lot on my military training on this, okay. not just in my Masonic career, but my professional career and my 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 home career. You know, yeah. One of the first things I learned in joining ROTC was the military's definition of leadership. Mm-hmm. So the military's definition is. Leadership is the process of influencing others by accomplishing the mission, by providing purpose, direction, and motivation while operating to improve the organization. Okay. So taking that into account, that's what anytime I try to do something in the lodge, I try to provide those three things, purpose, direction, and motivation. And at the end of the day, everything that we try to do tries to improve the lodge and the community around us. Okay. And when you're talking about the, one of the things that officers can fall short of is coming prepared. You're absolutely correct. You know, that was one of the great things that I had in the military for the next 90 plus days, we had a training schedule and I could look out the next 90 days and know exactly what we're going to do. And that helps so much having the the foresight to plan those events ahead of time, allowing the brothers and the families of the lodge to give them enough time to make time for those events. Because if you, if you conduct a lodge meeting and go, Hey, we want to have a, a lodge potluck next Tuesday or next Sunday or next Saturday, your participation patient level is probably going to be pretty slim because people already got stuff scheduled. I don't know about you, Robbie, but you know, my schedule is pretty scheduled out at least uh, 60 days to 90 days. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, my schedule gets jam-packed. I mean, there's sometimes where masonry is light through the week, and then there's sometimes I have something every day I could be going yeah. to. And I totally get it because, you know, I have I have a, a relatively young family. I've got two 17-year-olds that are about ready to graduate high school. I have got an 11-year-old, and I've got a 6-year-old. And so they've got sports. They've got school functions. Uh, my wife has her function and it's a, it's a, it's crazy to balance it all. Sometimes I feel like I'm playing, playing, uh, was it Jenga, right? You're pulling that, yep. that little block out there watching it teeter a little bit. And it's, it's very difficult. And for me, I try to communicate with my wife as much as possible. And again, there's, I feel at that sometimes I'm like, Oh babe, by the way, Got to tell you, yeah, we got this, and she's like, Oh man, keeping that 
door open of communication with your significant other is so key and being on the same page constantly blindsiding constantly bringing up all these events that's coming on yeah it can be a little overbearing and i can see why sometimes significant others have an issue with the fraternity but we are taught that the fraternity shouldn't rule your Mm -hmm. life you got to find balance it's like a double-edged sword yep absolutely but we make it work and we're getting better as men with our time. And time management is a key focus in masonry. Yep. We only have so much time here. And to be a part of all these appendant bodies, which we are a part of. Matter of fact, we actually just came from a grotto meeting, which is another appendant body. He's all decked out in his grotto gear. And it's a great place where masons dwell to be together with fun and fellowship. Yes, there's a business meeting, but there's also a dinner beforehand. There's great fellowship after. We headed out a little early so we could mm-hmm. record this episode. But it's the grotto is the place where Masons dwell, and it's the Masonic playground. So there's a lot of themed events. There's a lot of events where we go out and enjoy fellowship, pub crawls, cigar socials. And then themed events, we've also done uh, dinners at great restaurants. We're actually working on an event, Jesse and I, where we're taking this multi-tiered building and each level is going to be a different theme and we're going to open that up to the significant others and have a great time. But, Jesse, Mm -hmm. why are you so fired up in this fraternity? What brings you here day in? Because I know it's not the business meetings. No, I mean... This is going to be, this is going to sound weird. Okay. But or is it the business meetings? I, I actually do like the business meetings um, because I learn from them. Uh, I learn because I kind of look at a, a lodge as it's like a corporation. You know, you got your CEOs, you got your, your uh, CFOs and COs. And then and for different people, people get bunch of different stuff from masonry right sure um but for a lot of people they can get a lot of leadership experience out of it um but so i do enjoy the business meetings but i enjoy the entire brotherhood and i i get so fired up about it because i like to help people you know it's one of the reasons why i wanted to serve my country is i wanted to serve my family, serve my country, serve my community. And now that I'm not in the military, I can't really do that on the level that I wanted to do anymore. And masonry kind of gives me that platform to still be able to serve. I still am able to serve my family. I'm still able to serve my brothers and I'm still able to serve our community. And my lodge, Eden Lodge, uh, four, seven, four, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> You know, we've been doing some really good stuff in our community. We just, a few weeks ago, we got done uh, assisting another organization. Um, I think it's called the FFA, right? The Future Farmers of America? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I don't know them all, but they, they pretty much do the, the sausage patty sales at the football games. And they needed some additional help. And one of our brothers, and this is what I love, one of our brothers was told this information. And he sent it out on a text message to a large majority of us and goes, Hey, this, this group needs help. 
and uh, we want, I want to try to help them out. Within 30 minutes, there was like seven to 10 brothers going, I'll be there. And so we went and we helped, we helped raise thousands of dollars for this organization, which helps the, the kids program at the school. And that's so amazing to see that. And that's a way that we're able to give back to the community. Absolutely. It's a call to action, right? I mean, we, Masonry does not have a pendant body into the FFA, the Future nope. Farmers of America. That's its own entity, mm-hmm. but they needed help. And we answer the call. Yeah. Absolutely. His lodge answered the call. And Masons will do that for any kind of civic mm-hmm. organization that truly needs help. Absolutely. And it's not just that. You know, we had that, like, that windstorm. Well, we've had a bunch of windstorms. Yeah, we have. Which that's something I'm not used to, by the way, because where I lived in last, we didn't have the windstorms. Okay. Um, but when that happened, there was messages going out to all the brothers in the lodge. Hey, are you guys okay? You guys need anything? It was like that phone tree just kind of spidering out. Make sure everybody was okay, and if if and if anybody needed help, we would have been there in a moment's notice. That is so amazing, and it's hard to see that in today's age where where we're so busy. That kind of community, that doesn't happen all all the time, or in all the, all the communities anymore. It doesn't happen in all lodges either, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. If we can focus on as young men. Mm-hmm. In this fraternity. Well, I don't know about how young you are, but... Well, you know, we are young men compared to our the average age of a Mason, which is 65. If we can work on the art of connecting to mm. our communities mm. as lodges and show the good works, because society, not society, internet influences, social media paint us in a bad picture because they fear for what they do not understand. Mm -hmm. If we can develop the art of connecting with our communities and showing the service that we have to volunteer, our communities will be a lot better. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Um, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Any, any, Any chance where we can go out and just do good for no other purpose than doing good that speaks volumes. There's so much right now, and I've talked about this a lot, how social media isolates us and how we're kind of, as individuals in America, we've kind of isolated ourselves out of our own community. I don't, I remember times where, you know, you would talk to your neighbor next door. Maybe your neighbor would invite you over for Hold a piece on. of pie. We have neighbors. I know, right? Uh, uh, uh. It's very true. I don't even, I'm ashamed to say, I don't really know my neighbors in my own neighborhood. And I've been there for almost nine years. Right? Right? No, you're you're right. And we need to get back to basics here in America Mm because we got to be here for our fellow Americans because there's men who need this kind of brotherhood. Absolutely. So many men and women are losing their lives because they feel isolated. They feel like they're not being heard. They're getting cyber bullied. And that was one of the big proponents of All Square Podcast because we want to make sure you're all square. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure we're telling our story, that we're not letting some organization or hate group say the Masons are evil. This is what All Square and the Masonry is all about, is being here. For our community. If we can get that message out, mm-hmm. I truly believe we can change the narrative in society where it feels like everybody's at each other's throats. Absolutely, Robbie. I say this all the time. In a world where it feels like everything's tearing you down, Freemasonry builds you back up. It does. 
It and does. I want that to be on my gravestone. I want that to be the R.L. Franks quote. We can make that happen because men need to know that. And we need to educate our men in the fraternity to that responsibility. Absolutely. To God, our neighbor, and our country. Absolutely. Yep. You, I mean, you're hitting it all on the head, Robbie. I mean, <clears throat> What's the old adage? You know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Okay. The internet, that's words. The deeds and the things that we do as men and masons will speak volumes in those communities that it will drown out any of the noise that the internet will try to spread. Yeah. And that starts at the lowest level. And that's the lowest, that's the, the lodges. My lodge is about 84 members now we boast about 10 percent of our population and that's pretty impressive in eden in eden yes 10 percent of our population is <laughs> members of the lodge that's great and we have we have a phenomenal participation rate and kind of go back uh just words you know actions speak louder than words when we did that that event uh, for the FFA, right? Uh, just helping out, no other purpose. Uh, we had a a uh, we had a, a man approach us, and he had seen the good works that we have done in the community, and he knew a couple of the new brothers, and he goes, "I like what you guys have been doing. How do I help?" That's where it starts, isn't it? It does. You know, we can't solicit membership as Masons to non-Masons. We're not a cult. Nope. We don't believe in that. Men have to come in on their own free will and in accord and knock on that door. But by showing your works and showing that, hey, it isn't some secret society, just a society with secrets, and be able to help your community and inspire others be like, you know what? I'm going home nine to five. I'm working, but then I'm going home and being with my family. I'm not doing anything else in my life. I wouldn't mind helping out, you know, an organization that needs help with their sales for their fundraiser. And Masonry offers that, offers you an opportunity to give back to your community. It's the service. I mean, that's the theme of this episode is service. Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? It is, it is. But it rings so true, though. It really does. Yep. Um, and you know, because you, you were talking about earlier this week, it is Grand Lodge week, right? Mm-hmm. I, to, tomorrow it starts. I can't wait to go tomorrow and and see these people. And here's another place where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go help tomorrow. I'm going to go help the rest of the brothers from the lodge. There's, I remember the first time I went to Grand Lodge, I was nervous. I was like, what is going on? All these people. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go try to help. And maybe I can help some of these brothers coming in that have never been there before. Yeah. You know, ease them into it a little bit and 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 help them have a better time. All they need to do, all people, masons at Grand Lodge need to do is just look and see who's talking to who. Mm-hmm. You see somebody by themselves, talk to them. Yeah. They're not gonna come back if they're not having fun. Sure. It's basic, you know, the way of life for humans we need to be connected with our membership embracing the fun time being there yes we got some business we have to do some legislative work Mm -hmm. we have a whole new set of grand line officers 
uh, moving up into their new ranks and having a new Grand Master of Ohio. It's a fun, exciting time. It's where we build brotherhood, which most worshipful Stephen M. Grendel has talked about this mm-hmm. year, and we are doing just that. But this is building brotherhood, working together at a event like you or Lodge did is building brotherhood. Having great education and events for your family is building that brotherhood. Absolutely. I mean, just like, just tonight, you know, exactly. it, it was, it was a different appendant body, but guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, we were all Masons there. Yep. And we were having a great time. We had a great meal. Our business meeting didn't last that long. But we still got to hang out with a lot of great brothers. I bet people are still there right now. They probably are. Playing cards, having a cigar, relaxing. Yeah. But that's what it is, to unwind from the real world and enjoy this world of masonry, this metaphysical world of fun and fellowship. What is your input, or outlook, I should say, of the future of the fraternity right now? Well, if... I'm, I am right now just kind of spreading my wings. Uh, within the last couple of years, I've joined just about every pendant body. Uh, for me, that's, I want to try to learn from those pendant bodies and bring back to my lodge to try to help improve my lodge. And, and not just that, but help improve myself too. Sure. But over the last, you know, three, four years, my lodge has seen a, a very good expansion. And that didn't start with me. That started with the, the brother's previous to me um whereas there was a kind of a great contraction right but we've been seeing gains in our membership gains in our participation gains in family participation um i would like to give a big shout out to our most worshipful brother the grand master this year when he made it a uh, made it mandatory for us to do open houses that was, that was such a great event. And like for us, we, uh, at Eden Lodge, we share another lodge. We actually rent from the Bryan Lodge. In Bryan, Ohio. In Bryan, Ohio, because our lodge, the roof kind of cl- uh, ca- collapsed and we didn't own the building. Okay. So we're, we're over there, we rent from them. We're very grateful for their hospitality. So me and the worshipful master of their lodge said, hey, why don't we do a joint uh, open uh, open house? And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. But let's not just stop it there. Let's let's invite the other appendant bodies that meet there. So the the Eastern Star, the Yorkrite Chapter Council Commandery. Uh, we had some Shrine members there. We had some members from Grotto, and we had all these different bodies there at this event. And I told our brethren, I said, bring your families, bring your loved ones. You know, you talk about being passionate about masonry part of the reason i'm passionate about masonry is because i want to bring this to the people that i love and the people in your families those are the people you love your friends and your family bring them in you know if nothing else we're going to have a great day of fellowship and fun and hanging out okay and and when we had this open house that afforded us that opportunity to do that and we did and we had a great time and and it just it went really well. That's awesome. That is incredible. I'm glad that had a great effect for your lodge. What do your kids think about this? You know, dad's away, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You got to be the father, 
But you also got practices coming on with your kids as they continue to be more involved in stuff. What did your kids think about this organization? So at first, uh, my wife used to tease me, say, Dad's going to this Boy Scout meeting. That's hilarious. And so my kids used to go, Dad's going to this Boy Scout meeting. Um, But really in the last year, because I've joined these other pendant bodies and I've been exposed to more events, Mm -hmm. I've been bringing my family with us. And like we we went to the the Shriners night at the Mud Hens game, and my kids had a blast. We ate ballpark hot dogs for the first time, which I gotta tell you, are amazing. Okay, nobody told me about those Frank's uh, hot dogs. I think they were Nathan's. 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 They, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying they were amazing. But they had such a great time, and the more that I'm I've been able to incorporate them, like again, this is uh, Grand Lodge weekend. It's at Kalahari. What is that Kalahari? Big old water park, right? Yep. So we're using this as a family vacation. And so the kids are out of school right now. We're going to take them to Kalahari. And while while dad is out doing his mason stuff, they're going to be out playing and having fun. And then I'll get to come back and have fun with them. And then I'll dad will go back out and have do more mason stuff and come back and have fun. Uh but I've been getting them more involved. I talked about getting the families more involved. And so at first, I think I think the kids thought it was kind of funny that dad was you know, going to his Boy Scout meeting. But now that they've been going to the events, these barbecues, and we, uh, we just did a parade for the town of Eden. My kids were marching in it with a handing out candy, which I got to tell you, if you ever do a parade, don't buy chocolate. Don't buy chocolate, okay? Especially in the summertime because it melts. Oh, yeah. First parade, didn't know that. I'm just putting that out there for everybody if you're doing a parade. <laughs> Any civic don't, organization. Don't buy chocolate, okay? <laughs> um, but they had a great time. And so, you know, I think more and more now my kids are, are kind of getting more excited about the Mason stuff. Um, you've talked about Demole a few times. Yep. I've talked to my son my son is entertaining the idea of joining Demolay now. How old is he? He's 17. Okay. And now not just him, but some of the friends in, in our area that he's friends with, they may be a little bit younger. There's another three or four individuals because they've seen what Masonry's kind of done for me and my family. They have like, hey, I kind of want to do that Demolay thing too. So I'm in the works right now trying to help get three or four guys uh, well, young men from our area to do the debone like thing. So I, I guess the, the answer to your question is, I think they're coming around to it and seeing the benefits of what it's doing. And, and I hope, cause I know it is hard because I am away, but I, I hope that it balances itself out. And even though I am away that when I am home, I'm being a better dad to them. Well, do you feel like, the tenets and principles and teachings of our fraternity is it is improving you as a father, as a man, as a member of your community. I I'll, I'll tell you yes, but you know there's times I doubt myself, just like every man does. Um, but then I'll use I'll use just family days as a measurement of that how well I'm doing. You know, I was I was very fortunate just a few days ago to have a just a day with the kids because my wife went out of town, and I don't get too many of those. Just me 
and the kids. And I got to tell you, it was probably one of the best days I've had in my life in a, in a very long time. We were just bowling, playing board games, that kind of silly stuff. But I like to think that it is. And I know that sometimes I do miss some some things, but I, I do try to balance it out as best I can because there's there's a lot of Masonic stuff that I do miss sure. because I don't want to miss out on the family stuff. And that was one of the negative things that I had when I was in the military is, you know, I deployed to Iraq when my son was four weeks old. Wow. And I missed the first 18 months of his life. And that's tough. And that was kind of one of the reasons why we started going away from the military. And one of the reasons why we moved down here is because I wanted to have more family time with them. And that's one one reasons why I work where I work now. And we've sold a lot of our businesses that we've had is so that way we can't afford that time. And I'm still able to do some of that masonry stuff and fish. Can't forget fish, fishing. You're into fishing. I love fishing, man. Yeah, this has really become a hobby, but it's also like a dream for you too, isn't it? Fishing or masonry? Fishing. No, it is. I, you know, I would love to be the next pro bass fisherman, but there's a lot of steps that have to happen before I get there. And I will, before that happens, you know, I got to make sure our our family is all squared away. <laughs> nice. You like that? Uh, it's, it, they're taken care of, and, and that's where... Where we sold some of our businesses, my uh, my wife and I. Uh, my wife's been running a carry out restaurant for the last ten years. She's you know she's forty years old. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, babe. Um, but she's now retired, and so she's she's able to go back to school, and she's going back to school, and that's amazing. So we're we're getting there. We're getting close to be able to do that stuff, and eventually. I would love to start my my career to be a pro bass fisherman, but in order for you to do that, I got to practice more. Sure, absolutely. That I means love- more fishing. I hey, I'm all about fishing. I never went bass fishing. I'm always been a walleye and a perch fisherman in a boat. Never did the standing and the whole you know special pants and whatever that's called waders. Right. Oh yeah, we'll have to go to Alaska, and I'll show you some river fishing. You, you'll have fun. Oh okay. Well, I am a hundred percent down to travel as a mason. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was this podcast. We're getting the message out for what this fraternity is involved in, and you've actually shared this podcast to people, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um. I've shared it multiple times on our our Lodge Facebook uh, account. I've shared it on my personal Facebook account. In fact, I just had a, a, um, oh man, I'm going to forget what I'm I'm saying here. But we we just had an interview with a candidate. Okay. I was part of the investigating committee and I actually recommended this podcast as, you know, don't take my word from it for, um, don't take my word. But here's a plethora of good men, and you can listen to what they have to say about it. This is a fantastic tool uh, for not just the brothers, but for people who have who have thought about masonry, for people who feel like there's something missing in their life. And I, I'm going to support you in any way I can. 
you have. What you guys are doing here is is absolutely amazing. And in fact, this was something that I, I I didn't really see a whole lot, and it was it was tugging at my heart to do something very similar. But Robbie, I gotta tell you, man, I'm not very articulate like you are, and you're doing a fantastic job. And I'm very grateful for what you guys are doing here. It's it's me. It's brother Mike Lou out there, our executive producer. His work and dedication, us brainstorming on things. He makes me look good. And yeah. that's how it Like happens. any good producer should, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, we man- we always laugh because we manifested this. And you know what? One thing I would love for people to know, and I hope Mike makes this into a short, is <laughs> one thing that Masons must know, that in this fraternity, you can do what you want. Yeah. If you have ideas... You will find men who will help support you. Absolutely. Show them the plan. Tell them what we need to do to accomplish it. And we can make anything happen. Whether it's serving the community, starting a podcast, hosting an event. Masonry gives you that sandbox to make whatever you want happen. And that's been one of my duties as a Mason for now 11 years last Friday on October 13th is I'm trying to leave this fraternity better off because I don't know how much time I'm going to have left. I just had COVID uh, and I'm negative. Don't worry. But masonry provides you the opportunity to build whatever you want, cultivate that culture right here in this symbolic four walls. Mm Mm-hmm. And this podcast is a testament to that. And I want more Masons to know you have the opportunity, the willpower to control your destiny in this fraternity because it's a lifelong fraternity. It never ends. Mm -hmm. There's so many appendant bodies in this fraternity. And this studio, this symbolic lodge of conversation and what we are showing and telling your story, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, I get emotional thinking about it because you inspire me. The members of your district inspire me. The members of this state, which we're going to meet this weekend, members from all around the state, men who are going to come in from out of states mm-hmm. to come support us being together and being Freemasons. And if there's some man out there who is looking for this kind of organization, to be a part of our craft, to work on yourself so that you can do better for others. That's what masonry is about. Yeah. And I can't thank you enough for your call to action in this fraternity. You're now an officer in the Scottish mm-hmm. Rite, which we've talked about that appendant body and all the degrees that's a part of it, being an officer, that added responsibility. You also have a very deep appreciation for one of the other appendant bodies, commandry. Yes. And Knight Templarism, yeah. correct? Absolutely. Templar, Templaric masonry? Yeah. So it's commandry, which is, the, some would argue, the pinnacle of the York Rite, which is another branch, right? Uh, within York, right, you have chapter, council, and commandery. In particular, for me, I think I have an affinity for commandery because you wear a uniform, you you have a sword, you get a sword, which is awesome. I love that. Um, and 
they have competitions within Commandry, which I love because I love to compete. I do. You know, now, my- competitions, what do you mean when you say command? Because it's a very, for our non-Masons, it's a very militaristic order. It can be, yes. Um, so York, right, is, uh, you've mentioned before, it's very much the like the Christian wing of Yeah, of masonry. chivalric masonry. Yeah. So in order for you to be a, a, a Knight Templar, I mean, you take a vow to uphold the, the Christian values. In that sect of and, masonry. Yes. Yes. And so in, in commandery, it's not degrees, it's orders. You go through different orders. And it's beautiful. The 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 order of the temple is oh, yes. is absolutely gorgeous. I haven't been through every single degree out of all the stuff, but I, I it's breathtaking and if it's done well, it'll be a memory you'll have for a lifetime. Um but just like um just like how Grand Lodge for for the Blue Masonic Lodge has a state convention, so does Commandry and at that state convention, commanders from around the state will send drill teams, and they will march in formations based on a set a, a set of pre um, decided guidelines of what you need to do, and will compete against the other commanders. And this year we had we had I I I don't know for sure, but it was twenty plus teams that com- competed, and I got I got to tell you that. Brian Commandry, number 74 won. We wow. For the second row, for the second time in two years, first place. But <laughs> besides that, it's amazing. It is, and it's it's just another aspect of masonry that kind of makes you whole. All these little pieces, kind for me, it does. It just adds a little part of the puzzle that that is me. And a portion of that is is certainly Commandry. And, and, and I, I do... I do really enjoy it, um, and it's more on the local levels for uh, for the Yorkrite. Like uh, I go to Yorkrite in Bryan, mm-hmm. which is where they have the chapter council commander for my area. But there's also chapters and councils as some of the other lodges in my fifth district. Um, whereas like Scottish Rite is a much larger area, and you would go to you know like Toledo to the go. To, go to the the reunions and kind of stuff like mm-hmm. that. Well, you know, what's interesting about commandery, right? It's um, heavily Christian focused. Mm-hmm. You know, they always think masonry doesn't, is a religion and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it makes, it makes you leave your religion, which is a totally absurd thing. Actually, no, being guys who are on mm-hmm. the inside, it actually makes you reflect oh, yeah. on your faith. Absolutely. And uphold the Christian values that we aspire to. Right. I'm converting to Greek Orthodox right now. I I know don't know your denomination, but it brings us together. And another thing that people fail to realize, um, one of our Grand Lodge officers, Bill Carter, is mm-hmm. Jewish and he is a Knights Templar because he is able to take part in commandery because he says, Hey, I will uphold and defend the Christian yeah. faith. Doesn't yeah. say he has to not right. follow his faith. That is awesome. But he is a big supporter of commandery and what it has to offer. And he is a devout member of the Jewish religion. Mm-hmm. And I love that about the fraternity where we have this 
appreciation of men from all backgrounds. Oh, I know. I, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, I didn't know at first, but I later realized of how actually inclusive masonry is. And if, if people really understood how much masonry influenced, like just the founding of this country, you know, the fact that all men are created equally, we all meet on the level. That wasn't a popular idea back in, in the in the early 1700s. You know, nobody was equal to the king of England, right? Right. And so when you look back at our, our founding documents, a lot of the Masonic uh, ideals and principles are very much embedded in there. And, you know, it gives me a deeper appreciation for this country. And it gives me a deeper appreciation for masonry in a whole. And like you were talking about, it gives me a deeper appreciation for for everybody, you know. And it's and it's amazing. There's there's stories across decades uh, from different periods where Hundreds. you had you had uh, in the Civil War you had brothers on the north and brothers on the south that would come together on the battlefield and, and provide aid to each other, even though they were sworn enemies at POW camps that they were still able to conduct themselves as Masons and whole lodges of even in, in, in uh, Nazi Germany and internment camps that they were able to hold lodges in these camps. And, and you, you hear of stories of not just stories, but it's facts that in places like Israel, that they have lodges where, Muslims and Jews come together as brothers and there is no strife. That is so profound and so amazing. And the more that people really understood that, that would drown more of that noise and more of that nonsense that's out there in the internet today. Amen, my friend. Amen. Brother, we are rounding out this episode. I have two more questions before we go. Number one, is there any Masons that have really influenced you on your journey over your 10 years? Is there anybody out there who's really had an impact on your experience? Man, there's there's too many to count. There is, and I I would be I'd do them disservice to I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you how many. I mean, just even you meeting you, Robbie, you've had an impact in my life, okay? But yeah, I've had some great masons in my lodge and outside my lodge that have certainly helped develop me. And I was telling you earlier that those high-speed, low-drag masons that are just those go-getters—they motivate me. Um, but in particular, in in my lodge, I have uh, uh, Right Rushal Bruce McKibben. He's he's getting pretty close to becoming a fifty-year member. Uh, he was a teacher at the school where my wife went to school at okay and taught all of her siblings and 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 all her cousins and, and it's just great history and i've I've been able to rely on him I can call him up when i'm I'm learning my ritual stuff you know I'll be on my break at 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 lunch at work and I'm like hey right Russell, you got a second and we're going through ritual work uh right Russell brother uh Maglor is another one that He's reached out to me on numerous times and he's helped me help me become the Mason who I am today. He pushes me constantly and he might not know it. 
and I, I try to tell them how much I appreciate them, but I don't think there's words can ever put it really into, into how much I appreciate the Masons that have influenced me. Because I mean, those, those are just two off, off of a large iceberg sure. that I, I could spend forever taking about. We could do a whole episode on it. And I kid. And the last one I would really say is uh, the the brother that brought me in. You know, without him coming in, right worship brother, not right worship brother. I'm sorry, worship brother, uh, Jeff Mills. You know, he brought oh, me. Yeah, he Jeff. he brought me into the fraternity. And if if he didn't if he didn't just come up and say hi to me, I may not be standing here. And he's. And a lot of other Masons in my lodge, they, they held the Eden Lodge uh, together for a long time. We just celebrated 150 years. We yes, just had did. our reconsecration, which was a fabulous event. And we had tons of brothers from all over the place that attended. And if it wasn't for brothers like Right Worship Brother Bruce McKibben, Right Worship Brother Matt Glore, Worship Brother Jeff Mills, and among countless others, my lodge would not still be here for me to be able to attend. I was there to stand as a testimonial to that great day of success when you reconsecrated your lodge building. My brother, last question. What words of advice do you want to give to non-Masons watching this episode? To non-Masons watching this episode, I've got a few regrets. I've talked about one of them. One of my regrets is not joining Masonry soon. Okay. And so I guess this is kind of go not to non Masonry Masons watching this episode, but to Masons watching this episode that's going to affect those people. Okay. Is talk about your experiences with the people that you love, the people that you care about, the good men in your life, the good women in your life. Because maybe some of those women would be like, huh. What's this whole masonry thing about? Husband, what's this whole masonry thing about? And that can start that journey. I would talk about how it's impacted your life. Share it with them. And those non-masons might be able to find that light. You know, and if and if you are a, ma- a non-mason listening to this podcast, if you feel something missing in your in your life, go find a lodge. Go knock on it. Because I bet you you're going to find it there. That's my brother, Jesse Spielman. I'm R.L. Franks, and you are all square. Hey, R.L. Franks here. Thanks again for watching today's episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, if you believe someone can benefit from the message that we provided on today's podcast, send it over to them. You may inspire them.